0: You're listening to Dead Air Podcast, part of splatterpictures.net. What's up, everybody? Wes, Dead Air Knife here with always...
1: Typical Lydia.
0: Today's episode, um, we're going to talk about...
1: Mimesis. But
0: this was like a last minute, la- down to the wire.
1: Oh, yeah. Panic decision. Panic
0: decision. We had to watch something. We originally were going to... Uh, well, you can set this up. What were we originally going to watch?
1: We were going to watch Tag, the assassination game, and mm-hmm. tied into... The if there were inspirations found in it from the first Halloween film,
0: yeah. Now why now why would this be connected to the Halloween film?
1: The shape was originally played by Nick Castle. There's a lot of those famous black and white photos that pop up on the internet and really popular on Tumblr of Where him he's drinking the yeah, Pepsi. It's a Dr Pepper. Oh, Dr Pepper, sorry. Yeah, um, and there's a, quite a few other photos of him with the shape's mask up and. You can see him quite clearly. Um, he didn't play, he wasn't the only person to be the shape in that first one. And he's no. not the face of the shape that we see at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not like Michael Myers proper. But yeah, he's the shape for the most, the bulk of the film. Um, he turned around a few years after, I believe, and um, made this film. And it's the first feature film appearance of Linda Hamilton. It's got the guy. What's-His-Face that did all the sound effects in the Police Academy films. Yeah. Just a really random mix of, of people. Um,
0: yeah. Like apparently
1: it, what Forest Whitaker, did. Whitaker, I didn't see Forest Whitaker. To be fair, engine. we didn't
0: quite finish the entire movie. No, we didn't. No, no, no why? why? Like, come all the way over here. Yeah. Um, not that you really even live far from me, but all the way over here. Sit down, watch this movie. We didn't even finish it. Why could that possibly be? Even if a movie's bad, I can get through it. We can get through it, and then we'll have a lot to talk about. But this movie is not a horror movie, even in the loosest sense.
1: No, and the setup was that it's some sort of thriller. It'll teach me about not pre-screening films. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd been told about it several times, and I've, uh, the things that drew me to wanting to watch it was the amount of kills and the maniacal killer. Mm -hmm. And how the setup was, although like kind of tongue-in-cheek and college humor, it got fairly dark, apparently. And it was positioned as a crime thriller. Mm -hmm. Never once as a stupid, hokey piece of crap.
0: Yeah. Even a crime thriller, um, unless it's particularly dark, I I, I don't think it has a a place on the show. But, given the descriptions that you had given me, I thought... Like you thought that this would be great for the show, and wow, it's a it's a comedy. It's a straight up comedy. I mean, it's a black comedy. It's it, it, it's very dark in its sensibility, but I mean, it, it's it's a comedy. Like there's and no It's one... not even
1: necessarily a crime thriller. There's nothing thrilling, and no. the criminal element is more. Like um a spy or mafia noir kind of film mm-hmm. it's uh and on top of that but, it's a college humor, yeah but thing. but
0: like the yeah, but like the noir crime thriller uh storyline that they had going on was in itself the comedy because it was on a college campus you are talking about people playing a game with dart guns <laughs> who are acting as though it's life and death it Becomes life and death for, but for 90% of the film. And listen, we watched most of it. It's just, I think we turned it off by, looked like the final uh, confrontation. Because we just, we're running out of time. We're running out of night time to do the show. Yeah, we
1: spent like the last quarter of what we were watching deciding what to watch.
0: What to watch. And and, and so everyone's taking this ridiculous scenario seriously. And that's why it's funny. Not to mention you have the guy from Police Academy literally doing sound effects. Like his shtick from Police Academy. He's just doing that. But to a crazy extreme, and there's no context for it. Because I'm pretty sure this was before Police Academy.
1: I'd have to look, because I gave up looking when we were about a third of the way in. And 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 the the first two kills had no real blood to speak of, and it was like, oh, yeah.
0: I'm glad you and I were on the same page, because around the midway point of the film, I sort of reluctantly was telling you I don't know if this we can even do this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cuz I'll do a bad movie and I'll just make fun of it up and down but if it's not even a horror movie it's not even close
1: No exactly and the the tie-in to the Godfather of Slashers in a way of Michael Myers was like absolutely not enough
0: Flimsy at best Yeah um we both kinda of, and, and then uh, you agreed with me right away, M- we gotta move on. we can't watch this. Mm-hmm.
1: so I think the the beginning part was interesting in that it did have the killer point of view through the mask holes and it, it did that the beginning scene threw me off entirely because I thought, hey, yeah, this is definitely worth it and reading the descriptions and doing what research I had done, it all sounded right, but yep, meh.
0: That it's my is my
1: bad for not taking the time to do a pre-screening.
0: Well, look, this is coming up. This is our 20th episode. Uh we got 19 off without too much of a hitch,
1: even with Mr. Jones. I and mean, we just e- pulled that directly out of our assholes. W-
0: we did. <laughs> and this time is the first time, probably the only time that we'll go through most of a movie and then decide we got nothing. This is not this is not going to be the show. So, yeah, I
1: know because I think we've privately screened films to ourselves and being like yay or nay without ever bringing it to the table. Yeah, unfortunately, we didn't have access to things that were on even my short list, let alone your short list.
0: Yeah, yeah. When we're when we're here, we're kind of in, in no man's land uh, for getting physical copies of things. We had Netflix at our fingertips, but at the same time, I don't know why we didn't check Nemesis. I think like. Uh, uh, Or Netflix, yeah. I
1: did. I went through it and nothing really jumped out at me and there's nothing on there. There was a few titles that I searched for and a few titles that we'd searched for that weren't on there anymore. That had been. Yeah. So we did give that a shot. But, I mean, that's more of a leisure time thing anyway, Netflix. It's not that reliable as far as finding the titles you want to find. Especially
0: since I really felt under the gun this time. Just oh, well,
1: especially with me going like, "Okay, man, you got to pick one. We got to pick one right now because, like, <laughs> the clock's ticking, baby."
0: Yeah. So yeah. we picked from your limited but very interesting horror collection. That's the thing when you when you're talking about my horror movie collection. Eh,
1: oh, we it- could have had a stack of ten and been like. We would have spent another half hour trying to decide because there's so many to go through.
0: Oh, fuck. My horror, my, my, if you're a horror movie, you don't even have to be good. I probably have you. You You'd be a big, big steam pile of dog shit. And I still bought you for fucking $20. (laughs) But, uh, but with Lydia, it's all, it's only the good stuff. It's only the very selected stuff. It's like the fucking, the Louvre. (laughs) <laughs>
1: the Louvre, the Louvre. My little tiny stacks of plastic is like the Louvre. Yeah, no well, pictures, please. You, no yeah. pictures, oh, all fuck right. No.
0: <laughs> flash my damage. It. And the
1: flash will deteriorate the shitty plastic that shit's made out of. <laughs>
0: my horror collection is is fucking like Walmart. It's just big box store. <laughs> it every- is like
1: a big box store. <laughs> yeah, and just as shiny and new. Yeah. True. Mm, that's true. And half of them still wrapped in plastic.
0: I've gotten better at that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, not just a big stack of unwrapped, unwatched stuff.
0: <laughs> I'm supporting the horror community.
1: <laughs> like little Laura Palmers, all wrapped in plastic. <laughs> Coveting them, you're precious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I feel on blast today. so this movie we watched mimesis is about a couple of guys that go to a horror convention and this horror convention's got everything cosplay panels wolfman posters in the cafeteria sid Haig. but
1: you gotta go sid Haig,
0: right i felt as though well, he wasn't playing Sadeh, although that would have been fucking juicy. Um at a horror con, it's like who do you have to have? Like Bruce Campbell, Danielle Harris, Kane Hodder, like the people that are just omnipresent.
1: Yeah, they are the 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 highlight special guests of oh, almost sure. every single one. If it's not yeah. There's probably like a, a, a mystical configuration of six or seven of them, and if they all appear at the same time, the shit just explodes. Yeah,
0: like the, the Earth will swallow us whole. Yeah,
1: yeah. Jason and Freddy actually come to life. <laughs> we get this like this weird zodiac of horror stars together by accident. Yeah.
0: Well, the horror rainbow collapses. <laughs>
1: the horror rainbow collapses. Oh, that would be so fun.
0: Um. So they encounter at this cafeteria, and uh, honestly, <laughs> it looks... Like a high school cafeteria at this horror con. They're eating out of like blue trays, little troughs of slop food.
1: This is not uncommon. This is not outlandish to me. Little tiny trays of con slop in a (laughs) high school looking cafeteria with some, you know, just like the random con type things that you mentioned. Could be any con.
0: It could be. Not one I would attend. So a young lady joins them at the table. Going through her purse. Well, first, I should mention, one of the fellas is not a horror fan. Holy fuck, does he not like it. And that begs the question, why would you bring him to a horror convention if he doesn't like it? To the point that he will openly mock it to you and anyone who could hear you. I mean, unless this guy is your boyfriend, you shouldn't be dragging him to things that he doesn't want to go to.
1: I believe he just wanted to go to support his friend, but probably didn't realize how deep into the geek kingdom he was going to journey. Mm -hmm. Without a machete, nothing to save him. He was like really steeped in geek culture at this convention and I don't think that he saw like foresaw how geeky it was going to be Uh, which I can understand that and I can understand someone trying to like you know what oh yeah I'll go with you I'm not really into it but I'll go with you like friends of mine have gone to my book readings and you know half the time they're there because they want to go to the book reading or they're interested in supporting or do like what I write and half the time they're just like I'm just gonna go watch Lydia do her thing and they don't really enjoy the thing, but I guess they enjoy me. So I can see that. And like you said, if, if unless it's his boyfriend, he shouldn't have dragged him along to it. I think it was kind of like 50-50. He didn't drag his friend. His friend came, but neither of them knew how bad it was going to be for him.
0: Well, it was going to get worse because they're invited to a party, an after party in the woods. Well, not the woods, farmland country. We meet a bunch of people there. Some have masks, some don't.
1: Some are from the con, some aren't. Like, the family with the dad who was trying to farm his young daughter out as some sort of, like, little junior scream queen. Because she does have a pretty good set of lungs on her.
0: Yeah, good That's scream. That's
1: cute. And so it's a little family, and there's, like, some couples and just randoms and party girls and the goth chick.
0: hmm So they end up at this party, and they all pass out, presumably, from what they were drinking. And when they awake... They are no longer where they were, and they are no longer in their clothing. They are in new clothing that reflects Night of the Living Dead.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: you find that not only does their attire reflect Night of the Living Dead, but the way they look seems to be about why they were chosen to be part of this event, shall call it.
1: And looking at what who they had to choose from, and if you go to a typical typical convention or any gathering of large people, not just a convention, but any large gathering, you could probably pluck out people that, not exact doppelgangers, but bear some resemblance to specific horror movie cast, or mm-hmm. any movie cast. Um, you could definitely pluck, pick A few people but it's just sheer weird luck that they agreed to come to this party at all and that they were dumb enough to drink whatever they were handed from i guess it was the keg that was that was poisoned Mm um so they just kind of lucked out in that way that the right people fell into their plan Mm -hmm. but wouldn't you be freaked out though like they're freaked out that they woke up in different clothing like someone obviously undressed them and redressed them. Mm-hmm. It's bad enough not having your belongings, not having your purse wallet, cell phone, whatever, but you're dressed in other clothes i i I would be way more upset than they were,
0: yeah, I mean, I'd almost say that they wouldn't have time to really let the gravity of that sink in because of the fact that their brain's so focused on figuring out what happened, mm-hmm. So I think that maybe that kind of excuses a little bit. But anyways, uh, Russell, who was the horror fan that wanted to be to be at the convention but not be at the party, he awakes with a blonde woman who he had some interaction with, but not a whole hell of a lot. And she is dressed up as Barbara from Night of Living Dead, and he's dressed as Johnny.
1: A really good Barbara, an okay Johnny, but a really good Barbara.
0: Yeah, the, the, she had, um, she she even had like the face, the facial structure of her, you know, like just the very high cheekbones, very narrow face. Um, the the costuming was really well done. I mean, it really looked like you you could show me a still from that, and I wouldn't mistake it for Night of Living Dead. But I would say, oh, well, they're trying to be these characters from *The Living Dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In a a moment, at a glance, you Mm -hmm. could recognize exactly who they were dressed up as. That's why Mm -hmm. it sort of surprised me that the guy dressed as Johnny didn't recognize her right away, let alone where they were. Because even you remarked, did they have the same location? Because it did look not like, of course, it looked eerily eerily similar because they have dressed up their set to look like the graveyard and the farmhouse. From Night of Living Dead, but it does look really close to the original set. So I'm surprised that he didn't get it because he's such a big horror fan, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: None of the characters really seemed to catch on to it as quickly as I felt like they should have. Yeah. One guy eventually did, and then when they said Night of Living Dead, everyone looked at him like a confused animal. Like they didn't ever hear of it. Now, Night of the Living Dead is a horror movie that there's fucking entire books about it. Like, there's so much information out there that, okay, maybe the mainstream populace doesn't know the ins and outs of the plot, but I bet you they know the fucking title of that movie. And if you're a horror fan, even a casual horror fan, you know Night of the Living Dead.
1: You know they're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. They know the fate of of Ben. They know what it's like in the farmhouse. They know what a Romero zombie looks like and acts like, not just because of the the rules generally or the arguments that happen about zombies, but just loosely you can recognize a Romero zombie. You could recognize, it's so highly recognizable, you could pretty much take any clip, any of the false news clips, any of the zombie attack clips, a lot of the interactions in the house and play anyone a 30-second clip and they will know right away. What film that's from.
0: Absolutely. Mm
1: -hmm. But no, you get these seven horror fans together.
0: That were at a horror convention. Yes. You know, went there on their own.
1: One of them has a reason to not know.
0: Because he didn't want to go and he doesn't care about horror movies at all.
1: At all. That's his excuse. And no one else really has an excuse. And it takes what I thought was the most unlikely fella to be like, Hello guys, don't you know what film you're in? Can't you tell? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: With that basically giving them all shit for being shitty horror fans, which is the crappiest thing to do. You never want to cred check one another. I hate when people cred check me because I didn't know there was a quiz after this film. You know? Right. I didn't know there was a quiz after 25 years of watching some of my favorite horror films. I still don't study up Mm -hmm. the way that some people do or have or just naturally do. Um, But yeah, he totally gives some shit.
0: Yeah, he really does. The interesting thing about this is if you're familiar with Night of the Living Dead, as you and I are,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, I would submit or suspect that you know that plot uh, just as well as I do. And so you can then watch this movie seeing what is adhering to the plot or how it's deviating And also how the characters are interacting with each other, and a lot of them seem to slip into the tropes of the characters that they were emulating, to a point.
1: So there's like a few arguments and a few conversations that happen in the house, let alone the actions of some of the characters, but even a few of these little scenes where you're like, you know what? They're behaving just like the characters in the film, in the original film, but they're arguing for a completely different reason because they're arguing about the state that they're in and trying to escape and trying to yell at each other about zombies not existing, which wasn't a conversation had in Night of the Living Dead. No. Um, watching the news reports a few scenes where they're paying attention to the television Mm -hmm. in the same sort of way that they were paying attention to the radio and things like that, But uh, or that we were paying attention to, the false news reports in Night of Living Dead, Um, and trying to decide, like, ooh, that really sounds real. Is it real? I'm not sure. But it's happening in a completely different context. Mm -hmm. Even little tiny things, when they first are in the house, and once you realize what film's going on, after the graveyard scene... Because it basically does play out the first beginning of Night of the Living Dead. Pretty pretty cool. It's pretty well, pretty well done. Yeah. The escape from the graveyard, so to speak. Um, you're like, oh, God, this farmhouse. Oh, I wonder if it has a basement. Oh, look, there is a truck outside. You know, like all those just little cues that you're like, oh, wow, I have an idea of how this could all play out. It doesn't stick to the film. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't stick to a completely outlandish scenario where they all make it and they all figure it out. You know, and they all know how to defeat the zombies and start shooting them in the head or whatever, and all escape. Mm-hmm. And it turns into Walking Dead. Then at yeah. that point, <laughs> it's somewhere strangely in the middle, with of course the group of zombies being totally, totally removed from actual zombies.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's one of the things that you can figure out pretty quickly that they were brought to this party to reenact Night of the Living Dead. But of course, there are no actual zombies. They have simply gotten a group of people together who have a particular interest in living out horror movies. Apparently, and Sid Haig's character starts off the movie with this, I wouldn't call it a rant, but pontification about deranged people trying to escalate things uh being influenced by horror films it's an interesting take because most of the times people who create horror like to distance themselves as much as possible from the idea that watching a horror film could make you want to emulate it
1: and they'd never go so far as to say people aren't satisfied with films anymore. They want the real thing, which is a loose quote. It's not exactly what he said, but he says something to that effect at the end of his first spiel at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I can't see any horror creator agreeing with. None all.
0: of them. Yeah. None or horror fans. Or horror I fans. Of. I like.
1: And we're yeah. not talking about the mentally unstable. We're not talking about psychopathic spree killers because we don't really know those people, you know? Mm-hmm. And like whether they watch horror or not is completely moot because they're imbalanced. Fair and simple. But yeah, there's no horror, horror fan of sound mind that would agree with that.
0: Not at all. And, and so in that sense, I feel like a horror creator would not want to write a script or to direct a movie where that isn't really ever refuted at all. In fact, you have the killers themselves saying, well, the movies maybe did it. It seems like perhaps an easy excuse and that they don't even really believe it themselves. What they might actually be saying in that moment is that we're doing this because it gives us a rush, and if you feel like you need to hear that horror movies are responsible for it to make yourself feel better and to make yourself understand and to allow what's going on to fit in the confines of your narrow point of view then okay fine that's what i'm doing because that's i feel as though the killers are saying that because they feel that's what the victims just want to hear Mm -hmm. so they can understand it, when it might actually be something a lot more complicated than that. But I mean, at the end of the day, they are just thrill-seekers that are getting off on real death.
1: And of course they're making a scary film about something scary that scares people and if people are scared of horror fans in any way shape or form this would be the film that would say oh okay that's you think that's scary? Okay here we'll feed off that and here's your story about scary horror fans. Yeah. And I guess I haven't seen it yet but Houses October Belt will be riffing on the exact same thing where Mm -hmm. it's haunts aren't haunting enough for you we're Mm -hmm. going to make them a little more realistic
0: or or like what kinds of people would want to spend all this time and money and effort into building this to scare people and what if if the thrill of all this work to just scare people doesn't do it for them anymore what steps would they take to get that rush they're they're looking for
1: yeah yeah and deliver those scares Mm -hmm. yeah if that yeah, false cadaver doesn't work, then we'll stick a real one there. And if that doesn't scare you, then well, all joke's on you. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: it's really, really interesting when you look at it from that perspective. Because that, that was the theme that was going throughout the entire movie. But going back to the parallels between none of the living dead, certain characters die at different times. Um conflicts between characters are sort of swapped over uh for example the the guy that's supposed to be cooper who should be tangling the most with the character that's supposed to be ben he's really it it starts out that way
1: yeah they have the arguments
0: but he believing the news broadcasts From the movie are real. Because
1: he's never seen the movie. He's
0: never seen the movie. And he doesn't understand that this is probably this seems to be modern times. People have like iPhones and shit. And he's looking at a broadcast on a rabbit-eared television set from a movie that was made in nineteen sixty-eight that has the aesthetic of a movie that was made in nineteen (laughs) fifty-eight. That he's going to believe that this is somehow. A real news broadcast.
1: We have to get to a shelter. And
0: we have to get to the shelter. But that could be an interesting parallel to what people have, as you know, as anybody listening to this probably knows. But then again, maybe they don't. Maybe they're just like, look, man, I just watch the movies and I don't analyze shit and whatever the fuck. But one of the things that a lot of horror fans know is that Romero's films are very heavily... Analyzed Everything from his choosing of what actors play what characters to his endings to from Night of the Living Dead all the way up until his current Dead series, people hyper-analyze Romero's work. One of the things that they analyzed heavily in Night of the Living Dead was the idea that people huddled around a television for information and blindly followed it. Mm -hmm. Leaving the house, getting to a shelter, ended up killing people in Night of the Living Dead. As opposed to trusting their instincts, hunkering down, staying in the basement. uh, Which is ironically how Ben ends up surviving almost till the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Until the very famous scene in which he dies. Spoilers. Um, (laughs) Look, I don't know. Um, So I thought it was interesting. I did catch that. Not yeah,
1: a, the one guy that was actually hooked by it, brainwashed by it, paid attention to it, and believed it and met the same end. Met
0: the same end as the as, as the people in the film who were listening to the broadcast who said, this is what we have to do. We have to get to the truck and get out of here, get to a shelter. We will find safety there. Mm-hmm. Um, that did catch me. Now, whether or not Romero's intentions, uh, I'm one of those people that, if you hear earlier Romero interviews, he's not... It, you can tell a lot of his decisions, he just, meh, I don't know. I just, this was the story, and this is what I did, and blah, 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 blah. And then later on, I feel like he's applied these things retroactively when people say, did you mean this? And if it's a good idea, it's like, yeah, okay. And that's not disparaging him. I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes you make decisions in any art, and people will interpret them in a way that's way better than what you intended and you're like, yeah, maybe that is what I meant. I don't know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> After so many years of having the ideas drilled into him, or maybe at the beginning of the day he had a vague sort of direction like that, but has just agreed that yeah some of the larger things that people over overanalyze in his films that were just off-the-cuff decisions on his part he does a hold fast to that those were just off-the-cuff decisions yeah but yeah by and large they are overanalyzed and he allows them to be overanalyzed and well who doesn't, he doesn't take it so lightly anymore i don't think no
0: but i mean like who doesn't who doesn't want their work talked about endlessly because i mean and that's and that's great for him Uh, And this movie really takes advantage of a lot of that, I feel. It takes advantage of the fact that this is such a heavily analyzed movie, that this is such a well-known film amongst the horror community, and if you know how to look for things, you'll catch little hints and homages here and there. Or
1: little tiny things where it's almost like... I didn't feel like we were being, you know, super, super... Horror nerds, when you were like, I don't remember the little girl having pigtails. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, you're right, but I don't remember her not having pigtails, but I don't remember her looking so much like Wednesday Adams either, mm-hmm. to the point that I had to look. And it's like, oh, she had pigtails, but not Brady tails. Now, why <laughs> would they braid her? And I was like, why would they take the time to braid her pigtails when she had pigtails? And it's so much easier. She doesn't need Brady tails. She didn't have Brady tails. Um, Then I thought, well, did they do that so that we would sit here and have a conversation about Brady Tales? It (laughs) worked. why? (laughs) Is that what happened? Could be. Or it could be part of the little girl's decision because apparently, and some of the inconsistencies from zombie to zombie were made because the zombies were given free reign to basically dress themselves or style themselves Mm -hmm. at least. Um, Which leads to some inconsistencies as far as the look of the zombies. There are a few that look a lot like plucked from a Romero film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But there's others that absolutely do not.
0: No. There's one dude that looks like he's really into insane clown posse. <laughs> like he's super into them. He's 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 like, I'm the clown zombie. I'm like, all right, you sure are, buddy.
1: <laughs> then there's the, the Jack White Crow mashup <laughs> sort of zombie.
0: Goth Captain Crunch.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: not unattractive and sure knows how to wield a pitchfork.
0: Yeah, um...
1: So does the Insane Clown Posse guy, come to think of it.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, The the kills in this are actually pretty well done, I thought. Uh, I could have done without some of the CGI deaths.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: But, you know, this movie doesn't have the largest budget in the world, and they were doing the best with what they had. And I say that the the kills in this movie are pretty good i liked a lot of them it was good gore effect. i think horror fans looking for some violence some good kills i think they're going to get those and there was a lot of moments where it did kind of interestingly shift from night of the living deads to seeming a lot like the crazies and of course anybody knows it's another romero film so i, I interesting and i don't know if that was intentional but you definitely, I was definitely getting, once the, 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 the curtains have been parted and the zombies are no longer acting like zombies, they're acting like people, it did remind me more of the crazies than anything.
1: Yeah, because they're still acting like people, yes, but they're also acting like killers, which is basically what they are at this point. Yeah. Just straight up fucking psycho killers.
0: Yeah, and I mean... You know, they talk about, like, the psychology that it takes to be able to stab another human being, to, to use a very intimate, uh, penetrating weapons with people. Uh, they say that takes a special kind of uh, psyche to be able to do that. But, but the, these people, they like we're, we're putting in metal teeth and we're going to bite and rip your flesh off. I was like, good God, that is even more hardcore. Um, yeah,
1: that is ridiculously hardcore. And you can't, you don't go back from that. Where a lot of people who have murdered other people or had to kill other people in the line of duty, you, you don't come back from that necessarily. It doesn't make you a killer no. in any way. But you're, you're forever changed. Yes. And not only are these people killing other people, they're tearing them apart with their own teeth. Yeah. Or with their bare hands. Yep. And doing it while they're still alive, for the most part, yeah, it's so cold blooded, and it's it's there's absolutely no way that the the thrill seeking is the excuse at that point. They're definitely bloodthirsty.
0: Yeah, and there's a bit of mob mentality. I was like, you get you you get around people who are all doing that kind of thing, and you just fall into it. The interesting thing is, they did have a few examples of people who showed up to that to be the zombies to kill people who were un who either didn't realize the extent of it or changed their minds about it even i would say like the leader zombies second in command like his mini boss guy um even he when it came to potentially killing the girl he hesitated and he said that he can't he can't do it so he might it's the, like, you know, okay, if this was an adult, I would have no problem killing them. But you're talking about me biting a little girl to death. Mm-hmm. Like he said he couldn't do it. Um, now, it looked like he did apologize and kind of leaned in like he was going to do it. So maybe he, he kind of got him composed himself. He's like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah, he's just
1: going to push through it. He, it seemed like he was about to do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but then he, you know, he got murked from behind. Uh, and a really good, a really good... Uh, One
1: of my favorite, all, there's two, the the pitchfork.
0: The pitchfork and the clown guy was really good. But but getting stabbed from behind, it coming out his eye, and his eye being stuck on the end of, it was like a big screwdriver or something. I uh, thought
1: it was a big screwdriver, but then I, I thought maybe it was uh, an edging tool. Oh, you know what? That's what, what maybe, I think it was. Maybe you're cause right. Because the way that the end was shaped like a tiny little spade and sharpened, and it was quite long. I think it was an edging tool.
0: Mm-hmm. This movie really sticks to using a lot of farm implements and yeah. all kinds of stuff. So that was a really good kill. And he flails around for a little while. And, uh, oh, he's it...
1: done some b- brain damage because he's definitely having some neurological difficulties.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so those were really good. I mean, you know, I, like the idea of this film is very interesting. So when you read about... The plot. I was like, all right, let's let's do this. It was carried through. The plot was exactly what I was expecting, uh, but it was nice and fresh. It was nice to be to have a familiar thing like Night of the Living Dead to kind of be at the ground level of everything. Everyone kind of looks like the characters. They're all dressed the same way, but then to have a lot of twists and turns and surprises because. It's people emulating a movie and obviously these people aren't gonna behave like the characters from the movie. Absolutely not. And and, and the interesting thing is you have an I what if you could go into a movie and tell the characters their fate as a fan? And that is essentially what happens when one of the people who've been in the house explains continuously to people that everyone dies. Yeah, at the and end this of... is
1: when you die, this is how you die, and you die last.
0: Yeah, and so they. And so amazingly, um, towards the end of the film. There's a pretty high body count in this movie, but it's mostly the bad guys that get killed. I mean, yes, a couple of, uh, of the victims get killed, but... Well, it, like you
1: said, most, more people survive than you w- thought.
0: Way more people survived this than I thought it was going to survive this. I was happy that we weren't stuck in the narrative structure of, oh, everyone has to die except for one person, and then yeah. they'll they'll somehow manage to get out of this.
1: Well, we couldn't be stuck in that because we weren't stuck in the narrative structure of... You know, fumbling for the keys and getting in the truck, and the truck being able to get away, and then crashing into something, and having and, the killers and, and come the, get the, you. The
0: girl can't get out of her seatbelt, and yeah, all of this other stuff. I was, you know, that was the other thing. I was like in nineteen sixty eight. You know, the, the the women characters, with the exception of Cooper's wife, um, uh, were pretty much just dish rags. They didn't really do anything. Barbara in the in the movie was like comatose, but yeah, this, she definitely
1: succumbed to hysteria, which. Yeah. Isn't really done as often, like you are saying. There's some films that do play on that still, but not with the same sort of uselessness.
0: Yeah. where I ever had had. Yeah. And um, because I've I've shown uh, Night of the Living Dead to people like, oh, you like horror movies. Like, what's a good classic horror movie? You want to watch Night of the Living Dead? And if they're women, I like to frame it by like, just so you know, this movie came out in 1968. And man... Some of these ladies are pretty out of it. Mm-hmm. They're like, mm-hmm. So, you know, like, let's just be glad that I don't think that's the way that it should be.
1: <laughs> I just watched Devil Times 5 and you think girls are out of it? Girls are out of it in that one, too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that this... was just the way women were portrayed in film back then.
0: You know, and it's interesting. Um, I, I, I kept wanting to mention as we were going, but one of the things that always struck me about the 1990 Tom Sav- Savini remake was that they took the 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 female lead in that and just made her the smartest one in the room and totally
1: super ballsy. Super yeah. ballsy,
0: not afraid of the not afraid of the zombies whatsoever. And she's the one that leaves the house on her own, just like fed up with this whole zombie bullshit thing. <laughs> And then everyone who stays back at the house in that one dies. And then she comes back and then pops Ben. But, like, not before she's really, really sure he's a zombie. Because that was the other thing that I thought was interesting about the 1990 remake. She, like, really takes her time to see, oh, wait, he's actually a zombie. And then ironically, she's, well, not ironically, but then surprisingly, she runs into Cooper, who's still alive, and then kills that guy who's a human. Spoilers. I just fucking ruined the 1990s. 1990... No, that's perfectly fine. You yeah, can just... it all
1: you want. But it's a little more in line with the way women behave nowadays. We weren't, we're not brainwashed by McCall's Good Housekeeping, yeah. Chatelaine, even though we're still kind of brainwashed by Chatelaine. Some of us that still read that piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but back then, that was what women read and what women subscribed to and what women aspired to and what women were taught was well and good with the world was the way that they behaved yeah. to emulate their mothers who were the, the 50s moms, the 40s moms yeah. of that era. And they definitely behaved a lot like these women. But of course, they're heading into 60s and 70s where there was sort of like a uncertainty and there's going to be higher hysteria and there's going to be higher um, catatonia thanks to certain pharmaceutical drugs that were available and the popularization of women drinking, which wasn't a normal thing for women back then. And women smoking was a, a relatively new thing. Women smoking in public, so it was all very like new and flashy to show women doing things like having a drink, being themselves, being paranoid, scared, and catatonic when they weren't going to be those pillars of society that were part of the women's institute or the social clubs, the church, mm. like they were fifties and previous. I
0: feel like you're dropping some knowledge on me, but it's interesting that even something that would have seemed, like, progressive in those days seems so dated now.
1: Oh, completely. Completely, but that's, you know, how how time works.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean,
1: even if you look at films from the 80s now, where the the moms are taking their sons to hockey practice and stuff like that, and being, like, these super, super power moms, super duper high-powered soccer moms, uh, even now that seems dated, because moms will still do that sort of stuff. They definitely learn to take time for themselves and have their kids take a little more responsibility for their lives so they're not being these, like, high-powered super moms.
0: I would really like to to see a modern horror film. You know, maybe they have this scene and I just have never seen it. I'd like to see a modern horror film where, like, uh, one of those modern-day mothers, you know, not even mothers, any parent gets killed in a horror movie because they're taking time to upload pictures of their kids on Facebook. I would love that. <laughs>
1: Or because they're being a helicopter mom, they're chasing after their kid and their kid's being chased by the killer. And they Mm -hmm. just won't like, oh, Tommy, you didn't bring your jacket. Let me, you know, or no, you're not going to kill him. I'll get to him first and I'll protect him. Push the killer out of the way and get stabbed in the neck.
0: Yeah. But that's that's an interesting thing for horror, right? If you take ideas, something that's supposed to make us seem safe. Mm-hmm. And then turn it into something that can harm us. I yeah.
1: wouldn't mind a horror film about the parents who actively ignore their children in cafes. So when their children are trying to get their attention or toddling around the cafe annoying other patrons, is there a way to die from that?
0: Your kids can like can can be led off by like Malachi and the children of the corn.
1: Oh, not a bad idea. There you go. It's
0: time for the children of the corn to come back.
1: Yeah, right. Why hasn't that
0: been remade? You wanna know something that I was I was thinking about? And I think I post I tweeted about this, but I'm wondering why arachnophobia hasn't been remade.
1: You did tweet about that, and I didn't respond or anything because I have nothing for you, man. like no, I don't see why it would be but, I don't know, it was all right. I enjoyed it, but like it's all right, but here's the thing. Um,
0: I remember that movie coming out, and it being really popular. With a certain age group. Like, I remember all of my friends, but in particular, like, the older teenage crowd. Like, my sister and my sister's friends and people like that talking about arachnophobia, arachnophobia. And then I remember when I saw it, I loved it as a little kid. I loved it. John Goodman was so good in it. And all the spiders and, like, yeah, a a flaming spider leaps at you and you kill it with a nail gun ridiculous ridiculous and of all the fucking weird shit that's been remade because yeah okay they 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 take like the big horror icons this has been remade that's been remade this has been remade it's time it's time for arachnophobia rise
1: up my spider friends rise
0: up we could totally do that but like you know what nowadays it'd be like these are genetically modified spiders or like They've mated with like bees, and now it's like they're flying, stinging, poisonous spiders, or, or or something crazy like that. And you know what? Get John Goodman back for it. Oh, he'd probably like that. Oh my God, can you can you imagine him? He's like like all of a sudden this like these mutated spiders are everywhere. I'm not talking like eight legged freaks. Make them little, but they're tough, and like. Like
1: arachnophobia. Like
0: arachnophobia. Because that was the thing. Because my uh, a friend of mine was like, what about eight-legged freaks? Like, you're talking about... That? I was like, man, nah, you're talking about, like, giant spider movies. I'm not talking about giant spider movies. I'm just talking about, like, super spider movies. Because you could say something scary like uh, bird-eating spiders from from, like, the rainforest... And and, and and like like west- black
1: widows and brown recluses and yeah. even some crazy giant orb weavers they're all like horribly scary fucking spiders es- to begin with especially and
0: then you make yeah. and give them like superpowers because yeah. that's what they did' they're, they're like, here's just like this invincible race of spiders that mates with a western spider and then becomes like spider gods and then they can't be stopped. Why don't they have that?
1: See, I guess that would be more of like a sequel in my mind. Is there a sequel to Ractrophobia? I don't think so. Yeah. See, why not it's just a sequel? Why remake it? Why not a sequel? That's why there aren't remakes of Children of the Corn because they just make fucking sequels.
0: Yeah, but I think like the, the, I think like they need to do like a universe crunch. So like we need to clean mm-hmm. up Children of the Corn.
1: I would love that. I would definitely love that. Yeah. I mean, if they they readed Wicker Man. For they, whatever reason. Not the bees. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why didn't they do Children of the Corn instead? They would have had a lot more traction. Out
0: of You know it. what? They could have, as as stunt casting, they could have got some of the actors that were the kids in it. Oh, yeah. The same adults. setting and everything. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. Just I'd,
1: take that set and ta- like burn the script. <laughs> and then just do Children of the Corn. Uh, yeah. Sort of like we did tonight, where we were like, burn the script. We're going to do this film instead.
0: That's right. <laughs> that's pretty good.
1: That's exactly what happened, and it's way better.
0: Yeah, I hope everyone likes this episode where we talk about like so many different things.
1: Well, that's exactly what was sort of planned because the last idea, mm-hmm. which was a terrible one, um that I had would have been a lot like that because the idea was to talk about some of the derivative things that would have been found in a film and there there were some interesting lighting things in that film that were reminiscent of a carpenter film mm-hmm. but this hits on the exact same sort of thing which is better than just having a discussion about horror with no real reason behind it for our 20th episode <laughs> i thought yeah. No, so, yeah. I, I think it was a good idea. Honestly, your original
0: idea to do tag seemed solid to me. It's just when we actually got to doing it, the movie was just not...
1: Unfortunately, yeah. Because when it was explained to me in... 19... <laughs> well, sorry, what was that? Yeah, when it was explained to me for the first time in 1994 or 5. Oh my. Yeah, it was like, oh, you're a Halloween fan, then you've got to see this. And it's like... Now, thinking back, like, what were they on? Probably crack. And then, um, at somebody else mentioning it in probably 2006 or so. And it wasn't till recently when I saw, I guess I put two and two together. I was like, the person who had mentioned in 2006 had said that it was a guy that played this shape. And I didn't hunt it down. There was no real information about it online. It's really, really hard to find. And then recently, I saw another one of those ubiquitous pictures of Nick Castle online. I was like, oh my God, yeah, the shape, that guy, he made a film. Mm-hmm. What was it called? I went and went not found it out. Oh, well. Um, but Mimesis, I'd actually won it from the Rumorgue podcast, part of the Last Chance Lamp love Uh, ridiculous name for one of the best contests ever, although it was for the worst reason because it was the last contest that they had as it was the end of the podcast.
0: Mm -hmm. That's when, uh, I guess, Rumorg was closing its doors on the...
1: They still have... Do they have something? No, they don't. They have... um, They have an honorable mention on their website for the faculty of horror mm-hmm. they don't have an official Rumorgue radio anymore mm-hmm. there's uh, Rumorgue radio France but right. I don't speak French so um. it's no fun at all for me um, but it, po- they podcast regularly from France um, there's no Rumorgue podcast anymore although Cinephobia Radio will be coming back eventually mm-hmm. I don't know when they'll be launching that but that's the, the last news I heard
0: uh, okay, okay.
1: But it was nice, though, uh, to be... Uh, like I don't know. I don't remember how many winners there were. At least a dozen. There seemed to be a lot of winners. A lot of really cool people that hang out on the old Rue Morgue forum, which is now the mortuary part of Cinephobia Radio. A lot of like people that have been posting for the longest time and that were big fans of Rue Morgue Radio and then Rue Morgue Podcast in turn... And I ended up getting a, a Remorgue hat signed by George Romero. Oh, that's
0: awesome. It is. So Very topical cool. as well.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, some mints in, from the screening of the um, premiere of The Thing. So I have some Thing mints. Cool. And three short films. One of them uh, would be Lance's film Frostbite, which is insane and amazing. I hesitate to say a tour de force it's a tour to something that's for sure but I have a full review on the mortuary if you go and search under frostbite you'll find my wonderful review and the selection of cheese that I had had for that particular screening and a show called The Quiet uh, which is a decent short film about a girl that's deaf really good sound design if you can believe it I'm not even being funny really? yeah oh cool and um, this Mimesis yeah which I like Sid Haig so I I was pretty excited to see this and it's got an interesting storyline it's not bad I could see some people watching this film and because it's not a blockbuster because it's not made by those that have brought you The Conjuring and Sinister that it's not going to tickle every single person and it's not going to be maybe as interesting to a not big horror fan Mm. but it's definitely a good film
0: it's very good Um, worth checking out especially if you are knowledgeable about Night of the Living Dead, even casually, because they'll provide you with information that you will need to understand what's going on. Um, I think it's just a little bit more fun to watch if you're already familiar with Night of the Living Dead, which was probably the intention. And like I said, if you're even casually interested in horror films, enough to seek out uh, a little indie like this, mm-hmm. um... You're you're probably aware of that movie, and the only thing that I have to say is is that the the overall message of the movie, which they don't seem to refute, which we discussed earlier, about the idea that horror movies could be the what led to this in a, in an abstract way. That's the only thing where, as a horror fan, my knee jerk reaction is to get defensive of statements like that. Because we've heard statements like that our whole lives. Or at least I have. Um, not directed at me, but even in... Anytime anyone in media wants to knock uh, horror in any way, shape, or form, uh, and especially if you're talking about people who are... People who have, shall we say, vested interest in their ideas of decency and stuff like that, blanketing legislations and stuff like that, well, you just don't... Like, special interest groups that would have a problem with horror fans and horror movies in general. Yeah. Um. You know, and so... And, like, the horror community, by and large, can get kind of defensive. But I'm not so defensive. I'm like, oh, I can't believe they're saying this. I just I just was not... Ex- that of all the things I was expecting from this movie, that was probably the farthest. And then when they presented it, I was like, when Sid Haig was saying that at the beginning of the movie, I was like, huh, that's a... I wasn't expecting anything like any narrative like that because it didn't seem believable coming from a creator. And then when the killers were doing nothing but reaffirming that, even in a joking sort of way, I was like, huh, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting some sort of darker truth to be more apparent. And and if, if some darker truth about what thrill killers are really looking for or the psychology behind people like that was talked about in the film, it was not apparent enough for me to pick up on it.
1: So maybe I just missed it. No, if they had said something to the effect of, you know, home invasions got boring to us, so we decided to set up this grand scheme and bring to life the horror films that might have inspired us as psychopaths. To mm-hmm. break into people's houses and rape everyone and kill everything that moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got bored of that. So mm-hmm. we decided to set up like this uh, con, haunt, rave, mess, homage yeah. to Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. and, uh, and they That s- would have been an interesting twist. But And you know, they
0: also implied that other movies would be, like, like someone said, like, hey, maybe next time we'll do Friday the 13th. I know this great camp. You know, so so there was clearly not *Living Dead* just seemed to be the flavor of the month at that moment for them. I remember like the, uh, one of the guys was at the at the con when they're at the party. Uh, he was super into to *Carnival of Souls*. He was like he was bragging about how he had all these signatures from everyone that worked on *Carnival of Souls*. And I was like, what a weird choice. Again, another movie in the public domain. So, maybe that had something to do with it. But I was like, but then I was wondering, it's like, does it matter if a movie's in the public domain or not? Can you not talk about another movie? I don't know.
1: Yeah, you can talk about another movie. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't want to play favorites and be like, you know, we're going to pick this film, but people are going to think that we have some sort of affinity with that particular filmmaker or a particular actor or actress. Yeah. Although they are honing in on George Romero like a laser beam. That's true. But who doesn't, right? <laughs> yeah, that's... A poor true. fella. The guy's <laughs> burn holes all over him. The poor guy. Um. <laughs> well, really, it's one thing, like you said at the beginning, you know, who doesn't want their work analyzed? And I want to put my hand up and be like, hello, I would like my work not analyzed, please. If there's a lineup for that, I would like to join it. Because who wants to live that Groundhog Day for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Sure, he gets a thick skin, but really. Yeah,
0: Uh, plus, you know, I've definitely heard creators over the years talk about how surprised they are sometimes with what people read into their work. And people will become so dedicated to that idea that they've concocted for themselves that they will argue and... Sometimes even seem like they're willing to die for this interpretation, you know, and and it's shocking sometimes to them, uh, I've heard, um, which again is a really interesting concept. I'd love to, you know, that's actually, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Like if you could somehow write a horror movie around someone interpreting someone else's work wrong, like completely fucking wrong. Like, and I'm not talking about, like, Misery, where, like, someone's like, don't kill my character. But I'm talking about, like, <laughs> I'm talking about, like, someone took... Like, almost like a Helter Skelter type thing, where, where like, you see something and you're just like, oh, yeah. it means this really crazy, weird thing. And
1: you have the, the creator cornered eventually something like Misery. But yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what you wanted, because this is what you meant, because this is what you told me to do. I don't know. It's it, starts, it strikes some sort of similarity. And I don't know if it's a book I read or if it is a film... If I can remember it, I'll get back to you on it. But it would be a frightening idea.
0: Because would that not be... To, I mean, I, I think maybe that might be a horror movie that... You know how they said, like, well, arachnophobia is to scare people who are afraid of spiders.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: this would probably be a movie that was intended to scare creators. Because as a creator, you're creating something for yourself. And you hope that other people will be entertained by it and perhaps love a story or an idea as much as you do but then they come to you as these complete fucking monsters that have
1: secret window kind of does that secret window almost convinces you to never ever write a book because Mm. it will drive you fucking batshit insane and you will kill everyone around you basically (laughs) and then you'll try and kill yourself but you won't realize it's you (laughs) oh
0: sounds intense oh
1: yeah it can be. It's not it's a fairly intense movie, but the idea behind it mm-hmm. is terrifying. If you subscribe to the idea that that could be terrifying that you shouldn't ever write a novel. <laughs> <laughs> well you're trying to scare people out of making films or novels or comics or anything because their fans might just get completely friggin' steeped in it and come at them with their own crazy interpretation.
0: Yeah, and twist something that you thought was going to be fun and entertaining and and perhaps make you a little bit of money and, and, you know, living out your dreams. And they come back as just like interpreting it in a very demonstrable way negatively.
1: Yeah, something (laughs) super fucking dark, something super precise, something with all sorts of different levels and layers of really deep psychological meaning where you just did something fun off the cuff.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then and then you would be haunted by the idea that ultimately this is your fault because you created this thing, and it wouldn't be enough. It wouldn't be haunting enough if one person interpreted that way. You would need tons of people to have it interpreted that way. And oh man, you make like this crazy like dark society around it. Man, why aren't I rich?
1: I hate film theory. <laughs> I hate film theory. I hate film theory. And that's part of why. (laughs) That's part of why.
0: Why? You don't like that I can just talk for five minutes and then wonder why I'm not a millionaire? (laughs) I,
1: I hate that you're not rich, Wes. I do hate that. I hate that with every fiber of my being. I also hate that I'm not rich. I also hate when people argue about things that are basically the creator's business. Like, sure, we have some sort of ownership in our fandom but it's a very tiny 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 postage stamp size piece of real estate that we rent for very very little on this grand fiefdom that is a creator's work right so we 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 can't really argue too too much about the meanings behind things. We don't really have the right to do that. But then some people get overly incensed about things. I mean, I remember when people were constantly... like Quentin Tarantino is another filmmaker that gets analyzed right Mm -hmm. to death, right into little tiny pieces. Um, But was it Marcellus Wallace's soul in that briefcase? I do not give a fuck. I'm sorry, I do not give a fuck. I do not give a fuck. (laughs) Sure, it was a soul. I don't care who's going to devote... Hundreds of thousands and millions and trillions of kilobytes on the internet talking about this? Everybody. (laughs) For what?
0: Honestly, when I look at Tarantino movies, my take of that guy is he really likes movies and he watches a bunch of them, takes all the parts that he likes... And this puts him into his own movie. That's like, like, like when I see anything of his, I'm just like, wow, this guy really likes movies and he likes to pay homages to a lot of different things and cobbles them all together. Like a Frankenstein monster. And he's like, here's my art. I'm um, great. I like that's a, and that's a not enough. Collage a knock. artist. That's not enough. Yeah, he's
1: like Andy Warhol of film.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I said, I'm not making fun of the guy. I mean, like I like a lot of his movies. But, oh, I love his movies. But book. like I, I, I've, I just I wouldn't really interpret them as anything other than a dude that really likes media.
1: I think Destiny turns on the radio, which is his most unsung film, and it's one that many people haven't even heard of. Is probably his most unique work, and I enjoy it the most. Mm-hmm. Although some would laugh at me about that because it is his most narcissistic. And he does actually rise out of a pool in Vegas like a god. Mm. Like the risen son of... I'm, I'm fine with the Lord. Our Lord. It's it's a quite entertaining scene. But it is probably his most unique piece of work.
0: I, I'm cool with that kind of narcissism because we've all felt like that. I mean, like, just recently, I put, like, two selfies in a row on Instagram. So...
1: You certainly did. I saw that. I don't think I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. So
0: we've all felt like gods at some point in our life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do all feel like gods, especially when somebody like Tomb Dragomir says hello to Dead Air Podcast on Tomb TV and has our friends, Patron Saint of Plagues, who do our intro and outro, and he gives it a special hello, and he uses a clip from one of our shows on Tomb TV.
0: He does. Actually, now that you frame it like that, that's really fucking, we're all mixed together. Aren't
1: we just a crazy little house of mirrors?
0: We are. Which makes us like, we should all just like, why aren't we all just doing one thing?
1: I know, right? Just, I know, right? Just mix it all it's up. try right because we all live too far away. You know, I've got to get fine Torture cast in on that too, because I don't know, but you guys, I listen to them all the time and it would yeah. be a really horrifically scary Hall of Mirrors at that point.
0: I was a little intimidated today because I put up a new episode of, of the Dead Air podcast same day that Bind Torture Cast put up an episode. And I was like, well, no one's going to listen to mine because they're all over there.
1: Yeah, how can you follow that? How can you follow <laughs> They
0: that? put it up first, too, because I had to go to sleep when I got home from work. I was like, I'm sleepy.
1: <laughs> That's okay, because it's completely different. It's completely different. Yeah, it's true. It's a different end of the weird Hall of Mirrors we're
0: all in it's true no but uh obviously i'm thrilled that uh that tomb mentioned this on the show i like i love that guy to death and like i've said a thousand times oh, uh when everyone was saying no to me you can't do this thing i cold called tomb and asked if i could do production on Rumorg radio and he said yes if he didn't even like it wasn't even like well let me see like he was like yeah okay so you know Thanks. Big, yeah, thanks. Yeah, big ups thanks. big up
1: to that guy. Super extra thanks.
0: Because that, that was like the little boost I needed at the time where I was like, oh, someone said okay, so maybe I can do this too.
1: And also super thanks for just all of us being like super cool horror fans. I was really stoked when Patron Santa Plagues played in Toronto and um, I got sent a photo of *Tomb and Opie <laughs> together and it was like, it totally made my day. Right. I totally wish that I'd been able to see that particular show. But it's that sort of thing that's like, yay, all that's horror fans being horror fans in the same spot. That's I know, super awesome stuff.
0: And on that note, I'm Last Night,
1: and I'm Typical Lydia,
0: and you've been listening to Dead Air.